Hey guys, I'm Mark Kenyon, and this is the 100% Wild Podcast, a collaboration between Wired to Hunt and Drury Outdoors in which I, my co-host Matt Drury, and a special guest each week answer your very own hunting questions. Now, in today's episode, we're talking turkey hunting with the legendary Ray I, who actually joined Matt in studio for the live video broadcast of this podcast, which you can view on the Drury Outdoors YouTube channel. But... Right now, you're listening to our audio version, so without further ado, I'm going to kick it over to a recording from earlier today, which is just jam-packed with great turkey hunting advice. I hope you enjoy it. Thank you, Joe, and welcome to our second episode of the 100% Wild Podcast. I am Mark Kenyon of WiredHunt.com. With me is Matt Drury of Drury Outdoors, and Matt, like Joe said, you've got a special guest with you today, right? We do. We're very honored to have Ray I, a guy that... My uh, dad and uncle have known for, well, I won't say how many years. <laughs> let's not say how many years. Let's not do that. Right but we, we consider Ray to be a, a close, dear friend, and, and he's truly one of the pioneers and legends uh, in the turkey hunting industry and outdoor industry, for that matter. So without further ado, we have Ray I. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. This is awesome. Yeah, yeah, it's cool. And I have known uh, dad and Uncle Mark for a little while. Since they were kids, actually. <laughs> actually, we called them contests together in the early, mid-80s. Awesome. How many How many contests do you think you called in over the years? Boy, I wish I, I wish I, you know, I never really counted that, but I started like in the early 70s. And, you know, back in the day in the 70s, there was contests like in Missouri. The local contests were all over the state. Every town and community had a contest. And then we expanded and we went to Yellville, Arkansas to the National. And we got down there and they were doing more than a Yelp and a Cluck. They were doing the Kiki Run. We'd never <laughs> seen that before. But, uh, then we started traveling, you know, and we went into... Alabama and Pennsylvania and all over the country with the turkey calling contest. So I've probably placed it about a hundred or so over the years. I kind of retired in mid eighties, went full time into the outdoor industry, hunting industry, working for different companies. And, uh, but uh, that was, those were good days and good times. And say, I actually remember you asked me how old it was. I could, Mark's going to kill me with this. I remember when Mark was calling in the junior division and then he stepped up to the adult division. <laughs> That's, That's how long oh. ago. And he's, I think he's 47, 48 now. Yeah, so I, I think in 86 or 87, we were in uh, Pennsylvania together at, a, at, a, at the U.S. Open and called up there. I mean, it goes before then. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Well, I wanted to quick tell people about your website, uh, rayi.com. You have a couple pretty cool things on there. And I think, you know, the whole point of today is to try to help people learn a little bit Absolutely. more about turkey hunting. And that's something that you've been doing for a long, long time. And you have a couple products actually on your website there for sale that can help people with turkey hunting yeah. and learning a little bit more about calling. Why don't you take my, my latest book is the Turkey Hunter's Bible uh, through uh, Skyhorse Publishing. And I just tell it like it is. It's just me laying it all out there after all the years. You know, I want to share. I've had I've written two other books, but this book is is my baby. I really like this book. Great reviews on it. Lots of information. And, you know, I say how you go turkey hunting and how you make it fun and enjoy it. And, and you know, don't take it so serious that uh, you have to kill a turkey. But teaching is very important. And my DVD, my newest one is uh, is three of uh, Chasing Spring because we chase spring, as, as you know, Matt, and your dad and bro uh, uncle know that we travel all over the country hunting turkeys and call it Chasing Spring. And 
I lay out hunts and I do teaching hunts. All my DVDs are seminar format teaching. So I think the teaching is real important. It's not about me killing a turkey. It's not about me. Look at me. I'm a great hunter. That's got nothing to do with it. It's about someone can take that DVD and learn and share and go in the outdoors and enjoy turkey hunting. Very cool. Well, I appreciate that. And I, you know, anybody that wants to learn a little bit more, go check out rayi.com. And uh, also, you can follow you on Twitter and uh, Facebook as I'm well. I'm terrible right? on Twitter. Get me on Facebook. Okay. I got a Twitter that's in one of my Facebook accounts. Other than that, I've lost. You, you got you young guys and all your, your Twitter and Twitter and all your stuff. <laughs> Good deal. Well, Mark, how's uh, how's it been going for you this season so far? You bagged a bird. Stop laughing, Mark. Yeah. <laughs> you know, my my turkey hunting season started off really rough. The first five days of the season in Michigan, we opened up last Monday, so the first five days of the season were tough. And it's funny because. You know, going into this year, I really thought I had been figuring it out. You know, I just started turkey hunting probably five or six years ago. My family had never done it, um, so I just kind of self-taught myself. I taught myself, and after a couple of years, I thought I really had it nailed. I was killing birds, you know, opening day of the season for a number of years. And so this year, I was like, I'm going to make it more difficult. I'm going to go out with a bow. I'm going to hold out for a big, mature gobbler. And uh, as you might imagine, those five days of trying that <laughs> humbled me. Humbled yeah. me would be the best way to say it. So on Saturday... I grabbed the gun and decided it was just time to get the job done. And luckily, not only did I have the gun, but also the birds were cooperating. And a perfect morning, cool, crisp, quiet, and uh, it played out exactly how you'd want. So I got myself a nice gobbler Saturday morning, and I'm, I'm sitting pretty now. So what about you, Matt? I think you had a, a good hunt, right? Yeah, we actually did something pretty cool. We teamed up with Cabela's, and we kind of did a rematch of our TV show, King of the Spring. It was a one-day-only rematch, but uh, Mark and Taylor and Coondog, Team Mad Dog, were up at Mark's place in Iowa, and they were trying to go live from the Cabela's Facebook page for a live turkey hunt. And myself, Chris Comstock, Terry, Chad Kilmer, we were in Missouri at Dad's place going live on the Jury Outdoors Facebook page. And, you know, if anybody watched King of the Spring, they, they saw Mark put a whooping on, on, on Terry through this competition. So uh, there was a little bit of a, a revenge factor in this rematch. We wanted, cool. to, we wanted to have a good showing. So uh, turns out the birds did not cooperate for Mark's team off you know shame <laughs> they, they worked really really well for us so uh, it was pretty cool we went live on facebook and uh we, we were calling turkeys i mean just calling 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 we had turkeys all around us off the roost and you know i thought right out of the gate i thought we're in the money this thing's gonna happen you know first thing right off the roost and uh of course as it happened so often they flew down got with a hen and walked out of our life. So we just kept calling. Uh, that sounds like a country song. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm stuck. And, and dad just kept calling and calling and calling, you know, and then they, we, they kept gobbling. Well, it turns out what really happened is we got a flock from, I don't even know where behind us that, that became interested never said a word. And then all of a sudden we were getting ready to leave. I mean, it was like nine 15 or so. And, and dad said, you know what? Hit it one more time that they had, uh, Comstock was using the mad. I think it was super illuminator. Uh, and he hit it one more time and we heard goblin from behind wow. us. And we're sitting in a you know a muddy ground blind, and yeah. and of course all our windows in the front are open, all the windows in the back are closed. So it's you know this that rat race to turn around and get the the windows closed behind you. Chinese fart. Exactly, get the ones in front of you, you know, put 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 down. So uh, as soon as we opened the first window, 
we saw the first head come over the wow. ridge. Then second head, then third head, then fourth head, then fifth That's head. Awesome. Whole flock came in and uh, we t- went. We went live on Facebook right at that point. Oh wow! And they called them in and they came within. They, we got them within twenty five. I mean, we're in a wide open field yeah. and we had a uh, king strut, Matt, a flambeau king strut, and a smoky baby, and I think a shady lady out. And those decoys saved us because, I mean, we, we were, you know, they, they saw that, that blind and they're like, I don't know about this. But we kept calling and calling and sure enough, they came in within uh, 25 yards and we did it all live on Facebook that and, is so and cool. I got a bird. To pull that off is incredible. I it's mean, stressful. Really, it's, <laughs> I can see it. It's stressful. Just, just go turkey hunting and try to kill a bird. Yeah, yeah. A lot of turkey hunters out there. But then put in the element of television camera stuff. But then what you guys were doing live. Yeah. yeah. Wow. It was stressful. How about you guys? You guys just oh, did, we a did a hunt, We did you? a media hunt in Missouri Ozarks. Uh, had a big group in. Great time. Great hunt. Turkeys are tough. I'm getting lots of information from the turkey hunters out there. Lots of hens. You said hen up? Oh, baby. Or hen, hen up as I've ever seen the gobblers. Gobble on the roofs come down. <laughs> Girls are all over them, baby. But you got to get tight. You got to get in with them. You got to get on them quick if you're going to kill them. And that's what we were doing. And we've managed to take seven or eight birds. But uh, we work for them. We yeah. earned them. But the Missouri Ozarks are so beautiful this time of year. We also did a river hunt. Ooh, Went nice. down the current river at daylight. Oh, my gosh. Pretty. Awesome. Beautiful. Wow. A few smallmouth had a great time. So why why are they hinned up so early this year? It's it's it's, it's 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 uh we're having kind of a late spring. If you notice, when I was scouting a week four season, I was seeing galbers still in groups. Okay, they were running around in big groups together. And they started breaking up. Well, the, this season just happened to hit this year when the hens are being real responsive and going to the galbers and they're breeding. When they're breeding, they don't need to gobble. They're gonna they're gonna you know he's sitting there with the girls, you know, listening to Barry White, and you're over there. <laughs> Going cow, cow, I love you. And he's yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah right. right. Like he's going to say something? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So once they get in with the hens, and they quit coming to the fields too, so the guys wouldn't see them. So we had to get the guys in the woods. Gotcha. We got them in the woods with the hens and got on them tight. Now, we did kill three of those birds by challenging them with the pecking order. No hen calling was working because when hens are breeding and you yell at the hens try to call them in, they turn around and go, take the gobbler, you hear them going away. Yeah. We'd call gobblers in 300 yards until the hens got to them. And you, they would literally fly to them, run to them. So we started getting in tight on him later in the morning and hitting a gobbler yelp and some fighting purrs, and uh, he'd pull them away from the hen and kill them that Wow, way. wow. Sounds like you guys had a good – how many days were you there on that? We were there on a Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and a Sunday, and then we finished up on Monday morning, and then everybody left Monday after Nice. Night. And how many birds? Eight. Awesome. Sounds like a fun trip. It was a great trip. Those are beautiful. You know, Missouri, uh, Eminence, Missouri took us out and took us on tours of the old grist mills and the springs, and they served us dinner. They they housed us. It was great because it was all media, big media group yeah. you know, from all over the country, all the major magazines. Did stuff. you eat well? <laughs> You're asking me if I ate well? Man, it was unbelievable the food we had. Oh, scary. Good deal. Yeah. Good deal. Well, Man. it sounds like. Uh, you know, everybody's had a pretty good spring so far. Yes, man. that's awesome. I uh, you got me excited. I, I just finished up my hunt here in Michigan last weekend. My dad's coming in this coming weekend, and then the following weekend I'm going to Ohio. So you've got me all jazzed up now for those hunts now too. So this is it's, exciting. It's going to get better. It's like here in Missouri. It's tough right now, but you wait till the last week of the season in Missouri. It's going to be phenomenal. Once these hens start leaving these gobblers, really? it's going to be really good. Interesting. Yeah, I, I saw the same thing here in Michigan as far as yeah. the hend up, hend up birds. So it's interesting to hear that's something that's kind of maybe countrywide. Yeah. Well, you have better luck off the roost once that kind oh, of period. Oh, yeah. Yes, yeah. You, you'll still have 
luck on the roost if you get really tight and get if, if you can roost a bird i'm gonna tell everybody if you could roost a bird and know what limb he's on and get in tight on him if you know the way he flew up to the roost if you can get where he flew up and get tight and get on the call right away you got a better chance of getting him before the girls get to him would a decoy or what combination of decoys would help you with them coming off the roost in the morning hen and a jake hen and jake or a gobbler you know whatever you can even put them in the woods you know a lot of people don't like to use the decoys in the woods but if he can wake up and look down and see that turkey Especially if you're gobbling yeah. up and see a Jake. I've always heard Mark and, and, and Terry talk about, as far as putting a decoy in the woods, if you have a spot that kind of lays out where they can see so him at a little see, bit right. further of a distance right. so that they're not just popping up over a ridge, see one, and it kind of freaks them yeah, out. Yeah, that's Is true. That yeah, you, yeah, that's exactly right. That's exactly right. Mm -hmm. And you got to be careful in the woods. You don't want to get the woods too thick, and then some hunter comes up and sees a turkey all of a sudden and starts blasting. Sure, and sure. Yeah, you got to be real careful with that. Yeah, yeah. Well, Mark, with uh, without further ado, you want to move on to – some viewer questions. I think so, yeah. We we have our question of the day coming up, but today it's actually questions of the day, Matt. So do you want to take it from there? The first question we have is from Nick Savare, uh, <laughs> S-V-A-R-E, and it says, what are some good tactics for turkey hunting in the rain slash wind? Oh, that's a, that's a good question, Nick. First of all, you hunt. If it's turkey season, the wind's blowing, it's raining, you hunt. <laughs> if you got a tag in your pocket, you hunt. You don't sit at the cabin. You don't stay in camp. The turkeys don't go to go to the donut shop. They don't go to the restaurants. <laughs> they stay out there, okay? One of the things I do in the rain, if it's tempered areas, I remember my scouting and know where I've heard turkeys at different times of the day, and I go directly to those spots, set up, call 45 minutes to an hour and set. I call a little louder if it's raining. I may go to a box call, hold it up under a raincoat or something, and try to keep it covered if it's raining the box call. But I got a I got a six thousands latex mouth call that uh, sounds like a four hundred pound hen. That works pretty good for me. But you can go from place to place in in the timber where you've scouted if you know a place. And if you don't know the place, just get it on a little logging road and off each point, each ridge. If you're hunting timber coming, hit and call, hit and call, hit and call. I have killed them in a downpour coming in strutting and gobbling and hit them right. Wow. And other times they just show up because they they're out there. Now, if you got fields, you all heard about hunting the fields. Today's world's great. You got these tents, man. You got these yeah. turkey blinds. Yeah. If you got a good place on a field where turkeys are coming to the field and when it's raining, got a good blind set up, put your decoys out, yeah. great set. You can do that. What I usually do with my hunts and my people, I have three or four blind setups and alternate between them. Now, we'll hunt a place in the rest of the day and then come back. But field hunting can be very effective. But it, when it's windy... I call. I travel shorter distances, and I call a lot louder. And I generally use a box call, cutting you up on a box call. That sound cares better in the wind because I've killed turkeys in the wind. I've killed turkeys in the rain. I've killed turkeys under every condition. But uh, I've seen a lot of hunters that will get up and say, well, it's raining. I'm not going out. Yeah. And you're missing an opportunity to kill a turkey. It, it, you know, is it like deer hunting in the respect that, you know, when the rain stops that the turkeys kind of come out, they preen? They, oh, know, absolutely. something where a lot yeah. of people have a lot more success as soon as it ends. You yeah. want to be there for that front. You need to be there, there. yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I've watched my little brother. He, he never gives up. I, we were missing one of my uh, national media guys last year in all the rain, and he didn't come back, and I got worried. It was about five minutes to one. I was Surprise still. So I went in to check on him and he was under a tree still yelping, holding a big green umbrella over him and <laughs> his dedication. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. That's awesome. Let's go to the second question here, Mark. Yeah, yeah. We got a question from Billy Schrock, I believe is his name. And here's what Billy asked for you, Ray. This is going to be his first year turkey hunting, and he's yeah. on a budget. So he says, I have a gun and choke tube, but beyond that, I don't have any turkey gear. What I don't know is what one piece of turkey gear do I need to buy that I cannot live without? Do I need to buy a call or a decoy, or more specifically, what kind of call or decoy? Oh, that's that's a good question. Billy, 
when we get done with this program, send me your address and I'll send you a call. You're on a budget. But uh, <laughs> I would say a call. Get a box call. Box call is a great call. It sounds like a turkey. It's easy to use. It's one piece. You don't have two pieces. You lose and you mess up. They sound like turkeys and you can use it for your lifetime and you'll have great success. Killing turkeys with a good box call, it works every under any type of condition or time of the year. And box calls sound more realistic and more like a turkey than a lot of people do on a diaphragm call. So if you really want to get into turkey hunting and you're new in it, you need to get you a good box call. I'd get that over a decoy. Start with your box call. You could add the other stuff later as your budget gets better. But if you're going to go hunt turkeys for your first time and, and try to kill turkeys, get you a good box call. Sounds really good. Hey, you guys got a pretty good box call. Yeah, and it, honestly, it's they're fairly easy to run. They're very I easy. Mean, and they're in one piece. You just yeah. pull it across and make the sound. And I was going to do it for you, but I left mine. I have it, so. <laughs> well, it's one of those things, you know, I, I – I very rarely call when you have Mark and Terry and all these people <laughs> hunting with you. You don't get a chance to, first of all. But you know, I, for whatever reason, I always pull the calls out and, and still check them and try them and see how they are. Sure. And a box call, no matter if it feels like no matter when I pull it out, first stroke, it always sounds great. And it's like, man, I'm a great caller. <laughs> yeah. well, you're holding a box call and you call. And you hear the, the hip rubbing and you hear the noise. But what you need to do if you're by yourself. Just uh, put your tape recorder up and tape record your sounds and take it out there about 70 yards and play it. Walk back and listen to it from a distance and you'll hear the realism. You'll know how you're calling. And you said uh, you said Terry and Mark calling. Well, Terry's a way better caller than Mark. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I'll, make sure, I'll make sure we let Mark know. <laughs> now, now, Ray, let's say, let's say Billy's got a little, more, a little more money in his fund and now he can get a decoy too. What's the first type of decoy? Should somebody get, if they can only get one decoy, is it a hen, is it a jake, a gobbler? Where should I'd they go in that regards to that? I'd get, I'd get a hen because turkey season in the spring is judged by when most of the hens are on the nest. There's a lot of two-year-olds running around. There's a little window of opportunity to mating season. That's how all spring turkey hunting is judged, and you yelp to bring the gobbler in. That's what people 90% of the time are involved in. What messes them up is that if the season like this year where they're hinned up or the gobblers are running together, some of that doesn't work. But most of the time, the season, wherever you're hunting, is going to hit hen to gobbler call. So he should get him a hen decoy and a box call and do that and then progress and learn more as he goes and then advance to a Jake decoy and other calls. Good deal. Perfect. All right. The third question. This is rapid fire. Do you like how oh, we're doing this? Oh, that's great. All right. Good. <laughs> you guys are pretty slow. <laughs> the third question is from Chris Goins. It says, what's the best way to hunt a silent tom in the afternoon? Oh, a silent tom. The I'll worst. go back to my same thing I said earlier. Matt is about – if you have the opportunity to place your hunting that you've scouted and you know where you've seen turkeys, for instance, the place we just hunted in the Ozarks, I was down there a full week before my people came up, and most of the time at a distance, glassing, watching the field areas, and listening, watching the turkeys. And I knew where those turkeys were at certain times of the day. When I went out in the morning and they were on the roost, right the day before the season opened, I didn't just hear them gobble on the roost. I stayed and followed them, which direction they travel, where they go, where they're at at 10 o'clock. Yeah. And you do all that. And if you know that in, in the afternoon, if you know that and they're not gobbling, that's fine. You go to those spots and you yeah. set up. And if you got an area where you got a field where they frequent the field in the evening, where they come in and out of the field, if you got a big round field and there's a little corner down there with a little hump or something, yeah. and you see them down there a lot, you need to be down there. Good deal. Yeah, that's one of the things that you know, Mark and, and dad have always told me as well. It's like, all right, historically we know these birds and this on this yes. farm are going to be 
here right. during, you know, at 10 a.m. Yeah. or whatever they're passing through. So if we don't have luck in the morning off the roost, a lot of times we might move to those traditional spots and uh, and just kind of sit tight. Yeah. You know, that's something that, that they used to not do. It was always run and gun. Run and gun, yeah. They were very impatient. But that's but very successful doing it like that. It is. I mean, if you know where they're going, yeah. you know, set up and, and be ready yeah. for them. And if I could add to that, it said the afternoon in the morning when they're not gobbling, and especially pressured areas in some of our uh, public areas where I've scouted and I know where there's gobblers, in the morning, gobbling on a roost. If a lot of hunters are in there early morning, I won't go in there until like 10 o'clock. Really? When everybody leaves. Yeah. And, I'll, and I won't make a sound out of the road. And I won't make a sound going in. I'll go straight to that spot where that gobbler had been gobbling and set up. And we have killed lots of turkeys like so, that. So you wait until everybody's yeah. stomachs start, yeah. you know, growling. I already had breakfast. I've already had my coffee. I'm good. But I do that in the public areas a lot. And I learned that years ago in the National Forest in Iron County, in Washington County, once Outdoor Life and Field Stream published articles in the, in the early 70s about if the turkey hunting, you couldn't find a place to park. Really? And I knew the area and I knew the turkeys. And once those people came in like that, I waited till the trucks left and jeeps <laughs> left. Then I'd pull in, go straight to that ridge that gobbler was strutting before season and, and cut and yell and be able that, to kill a turkey. That's pretty smart. <laughs> now, Ray, I got a question Look, for you. Sense? Yeah, uh, okay. you got the total pack. Yes, sir. <laughs> so you've mentioned scouting a couple different times and how that's helped you, you know, during yep. the season with different circumstances. I don't know if, if I know a whole lot about the right way to scout turkeys. You know, could you walk through a little bit about what your scouting regimen looks like? Where are you looking? How much time are you putting into it? How early do you start? Sure. Well, I could go on for like two hours for this. <laughs> We're way past finding poop and feathers and tracks. You don't have time. We hunt state to state. I'll hunt seven or eight states in the spring in a place I've never seen before. So I utilize my turkey calling. That's how I scout. I First, I get a top over the area and see what the terrain looks like. And I ask the people if they'll tell me what they've heard and seen turkeys do. But I can learn from the turkeys so quickly. These farms we just hunted in the Ozarks is a great example. Never been on these places before. I came and scouted them two days before the season. But by going in there and watching, staying back, I call it low-impact scouting, Mark, staying back, observing turkeys, listening to turkeys. But I want to know where they're gobbling. Now, you can owl hoot and you can crow call and you can do the locatings all you want. I don't use those much anymore. I use a turkey call because they respond better to a turkey call. But I don't scare them. I don't bump them. I don't run through them. Turkeys hear turkeys every day of their life. You're not going to make them call shy or scare them off. That is how we are successful by going in with our turkey call, locating turkeys, because they respond so much better to turkey call. I locate them to the turkey call. I don't call them in and spook them. I have a guy say, oh, I won't do that. They'll come in. They haven't been hunting this year, have they? Anyway, <laughs> move and call, move and call. I'll go from place to place, and what I do is I, I locate turkeys. I'll stop. I'll take my truck into engine field, get out and cut and yelp, or take my box call and hit it, and then I go, okay, here, here, and here. And that's how I learned. And then when I come in to hunt, the, the morning we came in to hunt with one of our riders, we didn't stop any place or stand back and listen. We didn't out hoot. We went right in, walked in, and went right to that spot, had a tree picked out, he was right under the hill where we'd scouted him by using the turkey call. That's the best way to scout, especially new places you go into. And you can stay back at a distance and call a little bit and, and listen to the turkeys. I actually shot a video segment on scouting this spring with that. I went in and, and told the viewer what I was doing and why I was doing it. I was using my turkey call all the way through. Then John Sabati flew over from Hawaii. I showed him the video and told him what I did. He went right in there and killed a turkey. Nice. By us, utilizing that scouting method. Awesome. Awesome. That's pretty cool. Thanks. Yeah, so we do have another question now. Continue with our not so rapid rapid fire. <laughs> this one I think this one I think came from Instagram from a Jeremy J nineteen seventy six. And he says, when is the, and this is a kind of relevant to what we were just talking about. Yes. He asks, when's the best time to use a shot call? Is that only when you're trying to locate birds or heading to the roost, or can it be effective during the day when birds have gone silent? 
A little of both. Uh, it could be effective during the day. It's funny, over the years, I've had some uh, turkey hunters say they can't believe that I owl hoot during after daylight or right before. You know, in the middle of the day, but I hear owls all day long. Yeah. But owl, owl calls, crow calls, those sort of things. Did I get unplugged here or something? Can't hear my headphones, but that's okay. Yeah, that's okay. Uh, I go back to the turkey call. I roost turkeys with a turkey call. I locate turkeys with a turkey call. I make turkeys gobble during the day with a turkey call. I move like a hen moving from place to place, lost, looking for turkeys. Hens move around. You sit in one spot and keep calling. That's not natural. But if you move around a little bit and then sit down and call, move and call, that's a great locating when they're not gobbling to get one started. We use that a lot this spring again. But when it comes to locating calls, owls are great. You know, you know, we'll use an owl or depends on how close you are to the birds. But the most effective is always still the turkey call. When I roost gobblers in the evening, I cut and yelp and get them to gobble. And then when I get them on the limb and they're gobbling, I call to them and I move up and I call and I locate exactly where they are. And I know my setup next morning. I'm the last thing he hears when he goes to bed and the first thing he hears in the morning. And most of the times, he gets a ride in the truck. <laughs> He's got something to think about all night. All night long. He's on that limb going, oh, come on, daylight. <laughs> come on, daylight. Nice. That worked for me. <laughs> I'd be the first turkey dead opening day, 30 seconds after the season. <laughs> I think that's every guy. <laughs> hey, we're males. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Good deal. So... Next question we have, I think it came from uh, Instagram as well, AJ Bender. It says, what's the most common mistake turkey hunters make? Well, you all might be surprised about that, but I still say it's movement, not setting still, not realizing how you have to be still. Turkeys are always looking for something, trying to eat them. And in our world... We move quick. We're always, everything's fast food. Everything's now. You got to have it now. You got to slow down to turkey time. And the biggest thing I've seen 30 something years of taking other hunters is movement. It doesn't matter how many times you tell them, we call them head bobbers. <laughs> I just had one. I just had one. Experienced hunter sitting against the tree. I roosted these birds. The base of the tree was 40 yards away, but they pitched down on this road. And I told them, you cannot make a sound. They're right here. Set them up. This is a great example on the tree. And I said, now they're right here. And it got daylight. He started hearing other turkeys. And then he heard, yup, 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 right there. And he heard, and he turned around and looked at me. I go, mm. you know, don't, move. <laughs> don't move. He had rattled the gate coming in too. But anyway, he sat there and uh, he turkey gobbled a couple times. I hit him. We're good. Okay. Try to keep the shark. Then he pitched. And when he pitched, I think it really surprised him because when he pitched, he was like 50 yards. <laughs> And hitting there's a green road right there. That we're going to kill this turkey. You got to get tight. Remember I talked about getting tight because of the hens. And this is what he did. When Turkey pitched, he went, he did this. He picked up a scut and shifted himself around like that. <laughs> you gotta be ready. Show over. Yeah. Uh. Hey, go get some breakfast. He says, What about this time? What time? <laughs> That's brutal. It's <laughs> one of the things that a lot of hunters today, I you know, with ground blinds, yeah, you, you get away with you can literally get True. away with the murder in <laughs> ground blinds. Right. So I think a lot of people may have starting to lose some of that woodsmanship right. over the years. I mean, when, you, when you're sitting by a tree and back in the day before camo, and, you know, and I know you still don't even wear camo no. to this day, you know, you got to be pretty still. I mean, movement yeah. is a big thing. To a movement is everything, and, and they, they see movement. And hunters, it says, what is, you know, the most common mistake? There's so many mistakes, so they don't get set up close to a turkey. They move too much. Uh, they get skylighted, you know. There's just so many things that, that you see turkey hunters do over the years to make mistakes that cost them turkeys. Yeah, yeah, interesting. Yeah, I think anyone watching me turkey hunt this past week could have gotten a whole slate of these different common turkey mistakes. So. <laughs> yeah, well, when we were doing our hunt live on Monday. You know, the cool, the cool part about doing those live hunts, 
<clears throat> the viewer at home, they can comment. That it's like so cool. armchair yeah. quarterback with yeah. you, right? Armchair <laughs> hunter, as Mark uh, Drury says. And it, it's so neat because, I mean, as a hunter, it's not like I'm sitting there reading the comments on the phone as they're coming in. But after the fact, you go back and everybody's like, you guys are moving too much. You, you know, <laughs> yeah. public land and PA and all that stuff. But realistically, <laughs> in a ground blind, you can yeah. do a lot more of that stuff. And and when you're trying to film and, and do all these camera things. Equipment. Yes. It, it was you, multiple people. You need well, you all got, the you're concealment. Hunting with you two can. gals. They yeah. like to talk. Just <laughs> to put them on the ground block. I need to ask our guy. Did you said that uh, people are asking questions? Anybody say what's up with the old fat guy yet? Anybody <laughs> on YouTube asking what's up with with Ray yet? <laughs> <laughs> just checking, you know. I'm used to abuse. You gotta meet my wife. Oh man, Ray. <laughs> well, we're gonna that one. <laughs> we're gonna give you one more one more question here, and, okay. and we've kind of already spoken to it a little bit, so I might adjust it to touch. This is from. I think it's Dave, Dave Epp. I think this is a Twitter question. And he asked, my question would be for a young hunter, taking a young hunter out, what would you give them, a slate call or a box call? Now, you kind of already spoke to that. As you mentioned, the box call is maybe the first call somebody should get. So I guess slightly adjusting on that, what would your advice just be for a young first-time caller? Anything, whether it be which type of caller or any other techniques, I think I that would be interesting. Give him a box call and a slate call and tell him to wear them out. Have fun. Call. Don't be afraid to call. I hunt with kids. I call turkeys for them. I want them to kill a turkey. We just did a youth hunt, a sponsored youth hunt down in the Ozarks, the same area. We just did our media hunt. Great kids. and was able to get them some turkeys. But when that kid sets down, he's going to participate in that hunt. And I want him to, on that box call, I want to show him how to use it. And every kid I ever take, we sit down and we call. And I and he's sitting there and he looks at me and said, you call, tear it up. What's the turkey's going to do? Run away? Who cares? Call. You know, <laughs> let the kid have fun. Because if he doesn't have fun, if he doesn't take a stick and play in the leaves, he doesn't call and have a great time and run to town with Uncle Ray and get a sausage biscuit, he's not going to want to go back. If he goes and says, sit still, don't move. You're moving too much. Be still. He's not going to do that anymore. Yeah. If he has fun with it, and what really worked out, not only did these boys have fun, these young kids have fun, they both killed turkeys. Awesome. And that's a bonus. You know? And they're hooked for life. Yeah. But uh, it was fun because that morning where I had turkeys before, they weren't there. And, they, and I'm like, they were here. They had this little 12-year-olds looking at me like, mm -hmm. Sure, sure. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it was great. You know, in today's age, I think there's so much that is pulling at these kids. Oh, competition, yes. And, and these traveling sports. Right. And there's so much competition to be able to take them and go hunting and and spend like you said yeah. slow down and turkey right. time and all that deer hunting anything like that it's you got to make it fun i think yeah. and uh, you know one of the fondest memories for me growing up turkey hunting it wasn't because we, we it took probably like four or five years to like, kill my first turkey but the fun part was always the camaraderie yes and the social nature yeah. and Absolutely. the breakfast that's and, the biggest part of turkey hunting for me I, I anything i do anybody watching this any of you Watch me, seminars, TV, I don't care, radio. What do I always say? Have fun. Have fun. Go with your family and friends and make memories and have a great time. Don't worry about killing. You've got to kill a turkey and impress somebody. Don't. It's not about you. It's about the whole experience. If you'll go out and have fun, enjoy your family and your friends, and you get out into the woods and you slow down, get on that turkey time, and relax and just enjoy the woods, a turkey will come. You'll get a turkey. But if you press it, you won't. Yeah. Yeah, that's great advice. I mean, the best memories... I can think of a child, you know, was going to the beacon there and, uh, and blue. Oh, sure. Oh yeah. I know yeah, the beacon. Yeah. You know, it's just, it's that, that's the fun stuff. You got to have breakfast. 
You got to <laughs> You know, key. I never remember the mornings that we didn't that we didn't kill something, but I always remember the fun yeah. that we had in right. the conversation. Absolutely. And, yeah. You know, that's something. Now back when I started it's a little different than you because we had crank telephones and outhouses. So <laughs> and I went in and so you know <laughs> Well, that's a good question. Uh -oh. What year did you start? <laughs> oh, <turkey>? no. <laughs> uh, I actually went on my first turkey hunt in 1962. So back then, you know, we, we I'm 35. Mark, how old are you? 28 years young. Okay, so we're, <laughs> we're relatively oh, what young. A <laughs> you know, all I've heard my whole life is how much the NWTF has, has done for our turkey hunting oh, today. And, and so what was the turkey population like back in 1962? It was limited in the state of Missouri. Of course, it was in the Ozarks. The Ozarks was the only place we had turkeys left in rough pockets of the Ozarks. And that's why everybody else ended up getting turkeys. People from North Missouri, I didn't see any out-of-state hunters the first part of Missouri's spring first seasons, but I did later on in the late 60s and early 70s, we started getting non-residents. In 1965, 66, 67, somebody would drive down from Jeff City and make a camp on the National Forest. You'd go see them because that was pretty cool. Somebody from out of the county was down there turkey hunting. But then when it really got good in the early 70s, we had the turkey populations were growing and they did the restoration program. They live trapped turkeys, put them around the state. And then those turkeys ended up Wisconsin, Illinois, Iowa, Kentucky, Tennessee. The turkeys that we hunt in Missouri, the guys hunted in Iowa and the different places originally came from Missouri. Wow. So I used to kill their ancestors. <laughs> so they did this restoration program, but that was the only place that was turkeys. The turkey hunting was fabulous. There was old turkeys and lots of them because the flock was growing. Wow. It was it was an incredible time to be a turkey hunter. It really was. Was it easier to call back then or was it different techniques? For no, it, it was it was tougher on somebody that wanted to do like the turkeys did. I, everybody calls me aggressive. I don't know what the term of aggressive is, but most people, not most, about 99% of them did three soft yelps and two clucks and wait 10 minutes by the watch. And I did whatever the hens did mm -hmm. because that's what worked because I tried that, you know, cow, 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 cluck, cluck. Nothing. And I waited, and he gobbled, and then his hen come in. <laughs> my gobbler before my 10 minutes was up. So I learned a lesson, you know. Uh, the calling calling was a, an art in those days, and everything was secretive. What I want to tell everybody, there was none of this. There was no magazine articles. You couldn't find anything. If somebody killed a turkey, it was a big secret. They wouldn't tell you how they did it. It's kind of like it was, it was a big secret. And then they had maps at the check stations. Those are the greatest. And you're supposed to mark where you kill a turkey. <laughs> oh, that didn't help the restoration program any. I put mine on Walmart parking lot in 77. <laughs> Good deal. Oh, man. This, is, this has been awesome, Ray. I, I don't know about you, Matt, but I, I've learned a ton just in this last 30 minutes. So I feel like I am armed and ready to get out there these next coming days and put another bird in the freezer. What about you, Matt? Absolutely. I think this is, you know, the, the point of this podcast, the 100% Wild podcast, is not only to give people some more information and dive in a little further, yeah. but it's to have fun. And I think that's what we've done here today. And, and it's been it's been a Get real fun, joy. Go home. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's been a real having Ray in. I think I think that's we nice. might have to have you in again. Just I can do this for you. I love I love this stuff, guys. I love I love sharing. You know, it's it's my obligation. I have to do that. I was very, very fortunate to grow up and do what I'm doing and to do it for a living. Are you kidding me? I get to go turkey hunting all the time. So, but my wife, she puts me in my place, guys. I come back from Nashville. You know how we do the turkey show? And I come back and I go, honey, oh, my God, they were lined up for two blocks for me to sign hats. They wanted to get a picture with me. And all the seminar crowd, I got a standing ovation. She goes, that's nice, honey. Take the trash out. Back to reality. It's funny how wives can do that. Yeah. Yeah, put your place real. Oh, man. Well, thanks for having me, though. Really, yeah. I really appreciate yeah. the opportunity to visit with you. 
you know, Terry and Mark, my brothers for years, love them to death. They yeah. think very highly of you. Uh, they, they, there's so much respect there for what you've done in the outdoors and, and the path that you've helped kind of create for them and in, in, in their careers. And I know they, uh, both said, want to say hello and That's thank great. you for everything. Love them to so. death. God, I'm old. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, thank you, Ray. We, we really do appreciate you taking the time to do this. Right. Super interesting. Yeah. You want to learn to kill turkeys, have him up to Michigan with you. That's, that's the way to do it. I like killing them firm turkeys. <laughs> Let's make it happen. <laughs> All right. Well, Mark, you want to take them through a little bit of uh, the business side of it and where they can get questions to us and, and, and we'll get a new podcast out here hopefully in another couple of weeks. Exactly. Yes. Just a couple quick updates before we let you all go. First, we want to make sure you know how to subscribe to this podcast so you can see all the future episodes coming down the pipeline. So first, if you are watching video or if you want to watch the video version in the future, go to the Drury Outdoors YouTube channel. That's youtube.com slash Drury Outdoors. Subscribe there and then you can actually watch the live broadcasts every week when we actually send them out. And then also you can see those videos in the future. And then if you want the audio version of the podcast, you can go to iTunes and search for 100% Wild there or wiredtohunt.com. You'll find it in both places. You'll be able to get the audio version probably later today or, or very soon after. So be sure to subscribe both to the audio version and the video version over on YouTube. And then finally, if you want to send in a question for us to answer in the future, you can do that through social media sometimes, like in this case, but you can also send in an audio version so we can actually hear your own voice on a future episode. So if you go to wiredtohunt.com slash 100% wild, it's all words. If you do that, you'll see all the instructions for exactly how to submit your question. So that's all the updates we've got today. This has been fun. I am, uh, I'm pretty pumped to do some turkey hunting. I'm sure Ray is. I'm sure Matt is. And I'm betting if you're watching or listening right now, you are too. So thank you so much for joining us. And we'll see you soon. Peace. Bye.